Hi, I'm Karen. And I'm Kaz. You are listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. Stay tuned for the next hour as friends have fun sharing many insightful gems which will allow you to realise and value that we are all unique. Yes, we are all unique. You're listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. Hello, Cassie. Hi, Karen. Exciting today. I'm so excited. We're going on an adventure. I know we are. (laughs) You do? With an adventurer. I know, with an amazing adventurer. So we've got the beautiful Lisa in here today, which we'll hear about in a moment, but she's picked the theme, Adventure. And Mark Twain has to say, 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things that you did not do mm-hmm. than the ones that you did. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbour, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. Now, I think that whole thing that Mark Train was saying was is for our guest, for Lisa. Lisa, exactly. So, so let's, let's let the get, our listeners know who she is. Okay, today we have Lisa Darmanin. Yeah. Our special guest. Yay. And all of that is so for her. So Lisa recently won a silver medal at the Rio 2016 Olympics in sailing. Now say that again. That's huge. Okay, listeners. Lisa recently won the silver medal at the Rio 2016 Olympics in sailing. Isn't that awesome? Cool. We have an Olympian in the studio. <laughs> her event is is the mixed gender multi-hull. It is the only Olympic sailing class where males and females compete against each other. Yeah. Wow. Okay. She's just 25 and sails with her cousin, Jason. She began sailing when she was just nine and never dreamt of becoming an Olympian. But when she was 16, she first paired up with her cousin and won the Youth Sailing World Championships. It was at this moment when she realised she loved competing and striving to the, be the best athlete she could be every day. Welcome, oh, Lisa. Thank you very much for having me today, Karen and Kaz. Oh, we're so excited to talk to you because apart from like being so young and an Olympian, you are an amazing person. I've had the pleasure of listening to you speak mm. to a crowd of over 100 people and there was four speakers that day and they all said, Lisa was the best. <laughs> cool. Most inspirational. It's super exciting to be able to share my story. I didn't ever think that I would be here, so to be able to share a journey that has been such an adventure is really incredible. Yep. Well, um, well you know, Kaz sort of briefly touched on the fact that you enjoyed sailing, but you never thought you would you like have it as, I guess at the moment, it's your career more or less. More or less. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. So I sail nearly uh, every day of the week, so that keeps me pretty busy. And as sailors, we have to sail in the daylight and when there's wind. So, yeah, it's a it's a full time job to be an athlete, and I never thought I'd be there, but I love it and I enjoy doing it every day. So, so yeah. you, you're not professional. So how do you live? So lucky enough, mum and dad will still keep me under their roof. So that helps <laughs> a lot. is that lucky for you, though? Like at twenty five. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, I left home at 18 and never went back. It is challenging, but I do travel a lot, so it doesn't really make sense uh, at the moment to have my own place. We spend six to nine months a year overseas. Oh, wow. um, And we get funded by the government based on our world championship results every year. So um, every March we find out how much money we're going to get 
um, allotted uh, for our funding to spend on sailing and travelling and boats and ropes and all that sort of stuff. But food yeah. and wow. board and clothes and yeah, all that so kind of Yeah, so if you're top eight in the world, cha- world you get a living allowance as well. So it's not a lot, which is why it's better to live at home. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's part of it and, and right now it's I can I don't have a family to sustain or anything like that. Yeah. So being twenty five it's a it's it's fine and we can get by. Can it, you, I was oh, gonna say is it really competitive then to get to within that top eight or however many it is that are funded? Yeah, it's really hard. Like when I first started out uh, our first world championships I was twenty one and we didn't really know how how we'd go. We were planning yeah. our goal was to get top ten and we placed sixth and that was just incredible and so straight away we were we were able to get a little bit of living allowance and it kind of made it easier but you know people can come 11th and 12th and and they just never get um the daily like the living allowance which you know that's where people drop off earlier even if they have talent and things like that. yeah because yeah you have to be funded somehow so at at first like it's you put a lot of pressure on yourself because every result that you get so for example third place to second place there's a huge difference in salary yeah yeah but if you think about that when you're competing of how much money that one position could mean then you're not focusing on what you need to do so it was really hard to overcome the fact um, of every every position means more money. Um, you just had to forget about that and worry about it when you got to shore. And then you said that you sail with your cousin. So then the pressure is twofold. It's like, you know, I'm doing my best. You have to do your best as well because we're a team. Yeah, it's really interesting because there are all sorts of different teams in sailing and we see lots of different teams fall apart and or, or succeed either way. But I think the biggest key is that Jason and I both have the exact same dream and the exact same drive and the mm-hmm. exact same work, work ethic. So if you're with someone that doesn't want to work as hard as you or doesn't want to achieve as big as you do, then it would be really hard. But yeah. we never get angry or upset with each other because we know that we're both there giving 100% every day of the yeah. week. And I guess supporting each other and motivating each other as well. Yeah, it's pretty good to yeah. have your cousin who's also your best friend by your side in stressful situations. Yeah. <laughs> Is he older than you? Uh, no, we are eight weeks apart. Oh my God. I, yeah. And I'm the older cousin. So he always puts that back on me that I have to be the responsible. Well, the fact that you're a girl, you'd be older <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> exactly. So the, um, are you allowed to earn any other sort of money? Yeah. So we can earn up to a certain amount before they will not give you government grants. I haven't got ever close to that. <laughs> well, where where I, would you I, have the time? I, I, I think you should else. be a model. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I could just see you as a – you're a great representative for a healthy, you know, young 25-year-old. You know, you. I think you'd be a great model. Oh, thanks. Well, everyone okay, listeners, say, yeah. anyone, you know, get in contact with Lisa or with us on our Facebook page, Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom, because I think she'd be great as a model. Not, I don't know when you'd fit the time in to actually do it. That's okay. Mum always says I should be a toothpaste model because I'm always smiling. <laughs> well, you do have nice teeth, so why not? Colgate, are we out there? <laughs> oh, McLe- what is it? McLean's? And who else? Anyway, we'll go Mate, to our first I one. use Sensodyne because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> you must be because yeah. I, I only thought people without teeth had used that no. and just stuck it in the, <laughs> in anyway, the I'd glass. like us to go to our first song anyway. Which, which Lisa great. has chosen today. She's chosen the first three songs. So what is it, Kaz? It's by Coldplay, obviously. Adventure of a Lifetime. Perfect choice. Adventure of a Lifetime, though, so enjoy, everybody. Okay, there we go. 
Welcome back. You've been listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz on 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't resist that one. So, Lisa, you chose the theme adventure today. I did. And the reason I chose adventure is because when I was growing up, and in high school, I had a very clear plan of how my life was going to turn out. Oh, good. Yeah. Share us what and, that was. And um, I was going to do really well at school and I was going to go to university, get a degree in commerce, go do a marketing graduate position, you know, get married, have babies at this age, and it was all planned out. And so then, you would have had babies by 25? Oh, no, maybe about 28, so a few years away. Okay, yeah. But, um, but nothing really turned out the way I planned and I'm pretty excited about that because... I never thought that I would get to travel the world sailing at amazing destinations. I never thought that I would get the opportunity to represent my country at Olympic Games. And although there's a part of me that wants that career, I did go to university and finish my commerce degree in marketing, but I get to live this amazing life where I don't know where I'm going to be next month necessarily or my plans can change at any minute and I end up in a different country is just so fantastic and I think that now life is an adventure and it should be for everyone. I love that because we do over plan our lives sometimes and it limits us. Yeah, definitely. And I used to be such a planner that even when I was campaigning, I wanted to know where I was staying every night and what I was doing every day. And and now I'm, uh, I never thought I'd be the person who's like, oh, it's okay. We'll just go with the flow. And I I don't know where I'm staying, but that's fine. I've figured it out and I'm still, I'm still here. So yeah. What's the saying? Allow and go with the flow. Yeah. Wow. So cool. Well, actually, I think that Oprah Winfrey will agree with you. The biggest adventure you can take is to live the life of your dreams. There you go. And this wasn't your dream originally though, was it? But it was your cousins. Yeah, so I started sailing at nine years old and Jason started sailing a year before me. And from the first time he got on the boat, he was just so talented and so amazing. And and growing up, he just wanted to be a sailing Olympian, a sailing gold medalist. That's That's all he wanted. He didn't really care about school that much and that was just the main focus. But for me, I, you know, I wasn't fantastic when I first jumped on the boat and I certainly wasn't for a few years after. I never won a national championship until I was 17 or anything like that. So I didn't, I have two brothers and, you know, they were way more talented than me. So we always laugh in my family that I'm the one that ended up going to the Olympics for sailing. Um, so yeah, he was destined to be the Olympic sailor and I basically had to learn how to be an Olympic sailor. And as much as we both had to work hard, I had to work hard in different aspects that he had to work hard So was he the skipper on the boat? Yeah, so he steers the boat and makes the tactical decisions, so boat-on-boat scenarios. And my job is to trim all the sails, so um, I make the boat go fast. So I'm the engine and uh, he's he's the driver. Okay, so can you explain to me what trim all the sails means? Because it sounds like you've got your scissors I wanted to... No. (laughs) God. I wanted to know how big it is as well. Yep. Okay. So my boat is a catamaran, so it yep. has two hulls yep. mm-hmm. and it is 17 feet, so 5.25 okay. 5. Mm-hmm. metres long. It has three sails, so two st- sails stay up all the time and one sail I uh, hoist up and down depending mm-hmm. on what direction we're going on the race course. So is that what you mean by trim? Yeah. So okay, I thanks. have to trim the main sail, which is the big sail. 
um, the jib, which is the little sail, and then the spinnaker is the one that goes up and down. So, so you're running all over the boat then? Yeah, I have a lot to do on the boat. Is it your decisions as to which one goes, you know, which one you're working on? Yeah, so yep. we basically know what sails we'll use at yep. each leg of the course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's my job to make sure that they're set so that the wind will hit them at the right angle and the, the sail will work properly to propel us forward the fastest we could go. So what sort of – do you need to do any research before then, obviously winds and things like that? Yeah, so Rio was a very complicated venue. We spent about six months in Rio before the Olympics learning the wind patterns and the tide patterns, but we also spend many, many hours on the water testing sails um, and seeing how much we can get out of the boat. So we might sail. So we our national training centre is at the Spit, Middle Harbour, and a lot of time we'll sail all the way up to Narrabeen, so out the heads yep. up to Narrabeen, turn around and then go back again and just sail up and down for hours, changing things all the time. So is it just the two of you that are making the decisions on that? Or do you are the only two there? on there? No, I know, but they said she spent six months, for example, in Rio beforehand. So is it just the two of you working on all this out or do you have um, support? So we have a coach yep. um, and so our coach for Rio was a sailmaker so that made it, that was a huge advantage yep. for us. Um, we also have a lot of technical um, people that work on the Australian yep. sailing team. So there's 10 Olympic classes so they work with all the Olympic classes for Australia for example. Um, so they'll give us uh, knowledge and information but in the end it comes down to us and mm. what we feel. And so many times you're out there sailing and and your coach might say, oh, well, that looks better. Or the technical manager would be like, well, this should be better. But we'll say, this feels better, so we're just going to go with how we feel. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it, – it's always changing and, and it also depends on the conditions. So if it's going to be really windy versus really light, you're going to need a different sail set up um, to get the most out of your boat. So you said you were in Rio for six months before and – wouldn't the winds and the water change as the seasons change? Yeah, definitely. So when I say six months, we weren't there six months straight. So oh, we spent, okay, thanks. So August, so a year out from the Olympics was our first trip to Rio. Um, so we spent uh, five weeks there okay. um, in August, which was like the Olympic period. We went back in uh, December, May, and then July. So oh, okay. um, Yeah, so it all added up to about six months to get the most similar wind patterns that we were going to get in August. Oh, cool. Yeah. That makes sense. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it sounds so exciting though. Yeah, and it was fantastic. I loved Rio. There was obviously a lot of negative press about it, but it was just such a fun city with so much energy and culture and you just had to accept it and realise, you know, that's Rio and just I embrace it. I think of it. the word colour when I think of Rio. Yeah. Yes. I don't know why, but just... Yeah, well, it's party. Di- you think yeah. of carnival. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it, no, was, no. it was full of colour and the people were out and about and Sundays they'd close the whole highway and everyone's running and playing tennis on the highway <laughs> oh really like that yeah it was oh, that'd it was be so really cool, cool. so did you get videos and all, all that sort of stuff yeah i have lots of videos um on my phone of all the adventures that we had there what's your most favorite adventure that you can share on radio um for <laughs> Rio, oh, i think for me the most special moment was the closing ceremony because mm. it had all the stress was done and yeah. we were happy and excited and Rio was celebrating that they pulled it off. Yeah. And so was the rest of the world. Because like it was yeah. a month before they didn't think they would or something. Yeah, and I think that they were just so proud. Like they didn't have a lot of resources. They had so much going against them. And, you know, it was a successful Olympics for them. And, you know, they had the, the floats and the Brazilian dances and all the costumes and then all the security was holding us back. And then at the last moment they let us all oh. run into the middle and I climbed up on a float and I was in the top <laughs> of the float. And, yeah, it was... Do all the yeah. countries 
countries come together at that stage? Yeah, so um, at the opening ceremony, everyone has to walk in their countries. I actually didn't get to go to the opening ceremony, but at the closing ceremony, it's just a free-for-all. So you're there with, like, everyone's just mixed in and just runs out into the stadium whenever they want. So it's, oh, that's so wow. it's really awesome. Like, not many people can say that they were even part of either the opening or the closing. That's amazing. Yeah, it was it was uh, freezing cold and pouring with rain, but I oh, did that. not care. <laughs> did you used to watch the Olympics all the time as growing up? I guess your cousin did. Yeah, so I remember Sydney, but I used to watch the Olympics. My favourite part was the opening ceremony. I used to do lots of dancing and drama when I was younger, so I just love the whole performing part See, of it. See, she can do a model and dancing, <laughs> <Yeah>. any listeners. <laughs> we'll get you another job. but yeah I I did remember watching the Olympics and every time the Olympics rolled around it was we'd move the TV into the big room so we could all sit around and watch it all the time so it's cool I never thought I'd be there did your parents get to go and watch you as well we actually decided that it would be better if they didn't come. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so, and did they like that decision? Well, they came at a, in a training block. So they came to visit right. me in Rio, got to watch a regatta, like a practice yeah. regatta, and they got to actually see us, whereas there's so much security around the Olympics and we're so much in shutdown mode that I probably wouldn't have seen them anyway. Yeah, yeah um, they would have been disappointed not to have been able to yeah, spend time with you probably. Yeah, and I, I'm so, I care too much that I would feel bad and go see them when I know yeah. it's not the right thing for me. But my younger brother came and Jason's parents came, so I still had family there. And But mum and dad said that if I go next time, I don't have a choice, they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you go Kaz. next time, you'll definitely be going to the next Olympics, I would imagine. <laughs> yes. Well, plan. now we're going to play our Australian song for this oh, week, Cassie. Right. Yeah. Who, and what is it? Big Jet Plane. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Angus and Julia Stone. So enjoy, everybody. You're listening to Radio Northern Beaches, 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. Check out our website at rnb.org.au. So, Alyssa, I guess you've been on a few of those jet planes. <laughs> yes, certainly recently. But, yeah, the, the big jet planes are a vessel to my adventures. <laughs> <laughs> and do you get to sit up front? Uh, no. The only time I got to sit up front was on the way home from the Olympics. Uh, if you won a medal, you got to go business class. <laughs> Yay! That's a good incentive. I was going to ask you, Lisa, did you ever get motion sickness, like as in sea sickness and things like that? I'm actually really bad for motion sickness. I used to get so sick on the aeroplanes. It was so horrible. And when it's really bumpy, I get sick on the boat. Um, I'm not very good on yachts, on the little boats um, where we get to tear around and go quick. I'm okay. Um, But everyone thinks that it's really funny. (laughs) I think it's great. The fact that you can actually go past that physical, I guess, impairment and it's still a block. It, it could block you though, couldn't it? Yeah. If you let it, like I'm, I, I get seasick, so I'm not going on a boat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is hard, and like it was really interesting because where, where we had to qualify for the Olympics, it was going to be really bumpy. And I remember all the weathermen and the yeah. coaches saying, like, it's going to be bumpy, like, it'd be a problem if someone got seasick. And I'm sitting there going, That's me. Oh that's my God, me. That's me. what am I going to do? <laughs> Pick up the straps on the arms and yeah, the things yeah. behind the ears. But um, <laughs> it, it is actually fine. I just, as long as I'm focusing, yeah. I don't really um find an issue it's usually in between races so we do three or four races a day and if we have to wait in between it's it's not so fun but um no it's fine i just deal with it and Mm, okay so what do you do like mentally or physically to prepare for a race 
Um, I guess it changes depending on the day. So the challenging thing with sailing is that we are at the mercy of the wind gods, mm. which means that we might be scheduled to start at 11 and we don't race until 6 p.m. Right. Or something like that. So on those days, I find it very challenging because you need to switch off a little bit to conserve your energy, but you have to be ready to go at any moment. So you Did you can't... have a psychologist with you? We work with a psychologist a little bit, um, not as much as uh, we probably should, but it's just, it's actually quite friendly around the boat park. So we just try uh, play games or read a book or, or something like something like that, just depending on what we're probably in for. For example, if it's light wind, you have to be have quite a lot of finesse on the boat. So you have to be quite calm. So working yourself up playing games and throwing a ball is, is not ideal. But uh, if it's really windy, then you, you kind, of, kind of psych yourself up, but you can't expend your energy. So it's all sorts of things. But we, we work towards a routine, and that's mm. what we work with our psychologists about. So we know that – so, for example, at the Olympics, four weeks out, I started my routine. So I woke up at 7.30 every day. I had bre- I had the same breakfast. I went to the physio and got strapped up. We had our weather briefing at the same time, mm. got on the bus, r- rigged the boat. We always do this, our own jobs on the boat. We can't cross over. It's We eat lunch at a certain time and that was just meant... The same lunch every day? Yep, everything is exactly the same. So that can't, come the Olympics, you're not like, okay, this is the Olympics. It's like, okay, well, I just get up at 7.30 mm. and I get on the boat at 12.30. So do you do like any, like track and field athletes would do, do visualisations of the race and the outcome and things like that? Or is that not really possible in a sailing event? Not really because sailing is so – there's so many variables Mm. that you can't – you never know how a race is going to turn out or what you're in for because obviously there's the wind and the tide. It's what the other competitors are going to do. You don't know what what your boat's going to do necessarily. But you could um, visualise yourself. Standing on the – Yes. Yeah, and I guess – I guess indirectly, Jason and I did that from day one. Yeah. So we were 20 years old when we told everyone we were going to win a gold medal in Tokyo. I mean, in Rio. And everyone kind of were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But every day was yeah. us working towards that gold medal. Mm. We were going to – that gold medal was ours. So I guess believing in ourselves that deeply was our way of visualising yeah. that. You have you know, to get rid of the yeah. naysayers. Yeah, exactly. And no, like, there's going to be so many haters, like so many people oh. like, oh yeah, okay. Or, well, you can't do this. And I had a lot of it because, because it's a mixed class, it's quite a challenge because you can decide who is the helm and who is the crew. And as I described before, the crew yeah. trims sails and it's quite a physical role. And I had a lot of people telling me, you're not going to be strong enough. You're not going to be big enough. It should be the other way. The boys should be the crew. Yeah. And I just knew that it didn't matter what they said because Jason and I were a good team that the way that we were set up. And we and I proved them wrong. And this time our boat's getting an upgrade and they're like, it's going to be physical, it's going to be hard. And I was like, well, let me just prove you, prove you wrong again because I believe I can do it and yeah. so does Jason. Yeah. What so. sort of physical training do you have to do for that then? Um, so I do uh, five or six days in the week at the gym. Mm-hmm. So I do three to four strength sessions. And they will vary between just like very strict strength or like circuit work where I'm just yeah, doing just lots and lots of work. Cardio type stuff. Yeah. And then I do uh, running and rowing for my cardio. Mm. We've got to yeah. go to the next song. Off you go then. It's where called Sail. <laughs> surprise, surprise. surprise. <laughs> A Wall Nation is the name of the group. 
So enjoy, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz on Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3. Please like us on our Facebook page, Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. Oh, interesting song, Lisa. Where, where did you hear that originally and what is it? what resonates about it with you? Uh, my cousin showed me this song. Um, it was during our 2015 season, which was our selection season. And I always associate songs with events and things mm-hmm. like that. And this one was quite a good song to pump us up in the morning and get us focused and, you know, that, that drive, that beat to, you know, narrow down and be ready for the day. I love mm. it. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you were going to win gold in the 2016 Olympics in Rio. <laughs> so what happened? Well, like, Not that you didn't do bad. Like, <laughs> believe me, silver, no, he's got a silver. is My absolutely God. amazing. Yeah. yeah, so it was all going really well. We were in gold medal position on the second last day and we had three races on that final day. We won the first race, which meant that we had a really good lead. The second race, we just made some really weird errors, just I, I don't really know what happened, but I remember the conversation very clearly between the second and third race, and it was a terrible conversation. We were talking about how we were going to win that race and how we were going to win the final race. Was this just a conversation between the two of you and or our coach, other, and, and your our coach? coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in sailing, because it's all points-based, we didn't need to win that race. We just needed to be around the other people that were second, third, fourth, and fifth. Like it wasn't about winning the race. So we went out to win that second, like the, the final fleet race. Was it with the mindset of we have to win this yeah, or we don't get gold? Rather than let's just go and have fun and do our best. Yeah, so. and I mean it wasn't, it wasn't stressful. We weren't putting pressure on ourselves, but it was just the wrong goal. Like we didn't need to win. We just needed to take it easy and get around the course with no majors. And we just had a huge major. And I remember it was like an out-of-body experience. It was like watching these people sail that wasn't Jason and I. And we just – I think we almost came last in that race. And it was mm. just horrific. And I just uh, – we finished the race and it just felt like it was over. And I just – we had a final race the following day. And the top ten go into that race. But I remember going back to shore. We went from having a sizable lead to probably out of the medals. We didn't know until we got to shore. And – I was crying on the way in. We got to shore. They told us that we were in fourth, but we could still win gold. It wasn't out of reach, but it was nine points, which is a lot. And everything has to go your way between all the other boats for all the points to work out. I just remember being in tears. And then we have to, we have to do interviews every day. You have to mm. walk through the media. <laughs> I was oh. crying and couldn't do the interview and cried for about three straight hours after that. And... Um, and I was talking to our psychologist and it was like I'd built a brick wall up and it was the fact that the gold medal was out of reach. Like we were fourth out of the medals, like it was out of reach. In reality, it wasn't out of reach. So I would yo-yo back and forth. I would say, mm. it's over, we've done, we've blown it. And then I was like, no, if anyone can do it, we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it went back and forth for about an hour until I took all the bricks down and was like, we're going to go out and do this. We're going to go win gold. Anyway... I went to sleep that night and I just dreamt of sailing like the whole, the whole, <laughs> the whole night. But come 7.30 when I woke up in the morning, I was back in my routine, did everything, got on that medal race course mm. and we sailed a fantastic race. We knew we had to come first or second to give us the best chance to win gold. 
And it was just, it was a really, really good race and everything was falling into line behind us. We were actually in gold medal position until about the last minute of the race. Oh no. But yeah, so we crossed the line in second. So we knew that it was either silver or gold. Then the, uh, the, the person that was, that won the gold, the Argentine, and he caught up at the very end by one boi- boat, which is one point, which meant we were one point behind in silver. So, so you got eight points and you needed nine. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so we came – so it's a double point final. Oh, okay. Yeah, so in sailing you get one point for coming first, two points for coming second in a fleet race, and we have 12 races. And then the final race is a double point race, so two points for first, four points for second, so on. So, oh, okay. yeah. So we had, had to put f- uh, five boats in between us and we put four. Wow, yeah, that's so incredible. It was very, very close, but um, the Argentinian who won the gold medal has been to five Olympics, has two bronze medals, um, and yeah, oh, he's paid so his well dues. He's paid his dues, yeah. yeah. So if anyone was to pip us by one point, we'll let it slide you, yeah, this yeah. time. <laughs> so yeah. what advice would you give for people where you were going through that conflict up and down, up and down, up and down? Did you get yourself out of that? Um, and were you the only one who could get yourself out of it? I was the only one that could do it. Mm. I did have a psychologist with me and I remember talking to a few people because they knew that we were obviously very upset. And when she's like, oh, how are you going? And I just completely broke down. I'd like recovered. And then when she asked me again, I just lost it. And she was just there to listen and to mm. be someone. But it was just me having a conversation with myself. Yeah. And I think that what I've learned is that no one – like can believe in yourself as much as you can. And if you don't believe it, then it's not going to happen yeah. because you're the one that has to go out there yeah. and do it. Yeah. Um, so it, it was me. And even Jet, like even Jason, he reacted differently to how I reacted. Our coach reacted differently. Like why is Lisa just devastated? Like it's still possible. But for me, like I was like, I have to cry through this process to be able to get through it. But it was an yeah. emotional release. Yeah, exactly. And like we learn as athletes not to be emotional. Oh. We have to be very um, really? focused and you can't let emotion come into it, especially in such a decision-making sport. I remember saying the psychologist, I'm like, is it okay if I cry? Yeah, it's doing. You need to get this out. Yeah. You know, some people might go punch a wall or yeah. go into their box and not talk to anyone, but I just needed to let it out in tears <laughs> and then refocus and re-energize. Well, yes. we believe in you and that's why we're playing this next song. Okay. <laughs> and it is called, believe it or not, Go For Gold. Yes. By Kyle Patrick. So enjoy everybody. Welcome back. You've been listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz on 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. The only thing I'd change on that song is you've won gold. (laughs) It's already happened. It's amazing. I just so can see that happening. It's going to be, as Kaz said, when we're off air then, it's going to be so good to be able to watch something that we actually know. (laughs) Whereas, you know, I don't think I ever really watched the sailing. Yeah, so we will now. We will be now. Yeah. Lisa, do you have to, like, go through trials again and be selected to go to 2020 Games again? Yep. So Mm. we will have to qualify the country next year Mm -hmm. in in Denmark in Mm -hmm. August. And that qualifies the country for a spot. And then the following year, there'll be a series of selection events. So usually there's five selection events and you have to benchmark, which means come first at sec- first or second at a World Championship or World Cup. Um, and then it goes to a selection committee. And if it's close, it's 
it's subjective, but if it's not close, it's subjective and you, you tick the box and you're on your way. But we won't know until maybe six, seven months out. Outside, whether yeah. you're actually going or not. Yeah. So how oh. quickly after Rio did you start training again? Um, so we had two months out of the boat. Yeah. Um, and then we went straight to an event with no training and we did really well, so that was great. Oh, that was good. But you sort of would have been watching your diet and still Yeah, yeah, so we were training in the gym. Things. So I had about a month, like, where I could do whatever I wanted and then I had a month where I was, like, eating myself So what did you do for that one month? Did you go anywhere? I was anywhere? actually really busy. Were you? <laughs> yeah, I would... Because it was straight after the Olympics, I did lots of visits to schools and sailing clubs. Yeah, like, oh, you'd be and such an inspiration. Mm. And that was really fun. Like it was really cool, especially the primary schools, because the kids just go crazy. They completely uh, yeah. mob you and want you to sign yeah. their would. hats and t-shirts and hands and everything. And would they want to see the oh, obviously the medal? Yeah. So have you got it here? I I, I do have it here. <gasps> it has yeah, it has a good story actually at Alambi Heights Public School. It actually fell on the ground, so it's a, it's a bit bruised, but it's still an Olympic medal. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! It's so show little... it, show it to Kaz. Kaz, wow. describe it. And... I wanted to say what sort of box it came in, though. It's like um, oh, it's a wooden God. box. It's a wooden box. It's sort of did like... that go through customs, all right? <laughs> yeah, it did. So it slides open. Yeah, yeah, yeah in it. the shape of what would you say? It's in the shape of it's, it's sort of like a heart. This doesn't come down a bit. It's sort of like slides a, open, and I it's got know. Rio 2016 on the front. So of it. feel it, Kat. <gasps> and it's got. Hang on, I'm looking at the little badge with the little pin. The pin sure. with the rings. Oh my goodness, it's so heavy. That's why I wanted her to do it on air. I think everyone says Isn't that. Oh, I was surprised wow. how heavy it was as well. Yeah. So wow. we're going to post a photo of that and obviously with Lisa on our Facebook page, Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. Oh, I can see where it's, yeah. Yeah, it's had a bit of a bruise. So you, is, is that the ribbon that it came with? Yeah. It yeah. Is. What happened in Lamby? Did you give it to someone to oh, put actually, on or did you drop it back? What happened was we have a saying with Rio, like everything will hold together and, um, until it has its, it's done its job. So the lanyard actually broke <laughs> oh, no. on me. And, yeah, so I was about to walk into the, the – talk to the kids, put the metal on, and then the line snapped and it fell on the concrete. Oh. And I was just trying to hold it together and not cry that my metal had been like <laughs> – and got home and I got the wet and dry out to try, uh, you know – ease up the edges but um now i just say it has a bit of character now and it it's does. about it's it, it all the scratches are all yeah. the all the uh schools it's actually quite big it's like it's the full palm of my hand yes it actually represents you you know you've had a few scratches yeah. a few bumps along the way oh, and it's cool yes yeah. it's, it's not it's not always shiny along the way so <laughs> <laughs> So what advice would you give to people, not even, you know, not about Olympics, about achieving a goal? I think it's really hard when you have a big goal to want to be there straight away. Mm. Um, you know, you want to be, well, for example, for me, you want to be this strong or you want to have that finished or you want to do little goals to reach your big goal. But yeah. what was a turning point for me, and I think that everyone can use it in all aspects of life, is just try and make yourself better every day. And it doesn't have to be huge leaps and bounds. It's just every day, you know, just chip away and eventually you'll get there. It might be two months, it might be a year, it might be four years, but just keep making yourself a better person every day. Yeah, that's what I always say. I'm only in competition with yesterday me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because you can make such a difference. And enjoy the journey. Like I think that's another thing Mm. that you can get really caught up in where you're going and not enjoy the journey. And if you're not enjoying the journey, is it really worth it? Mm. 
Yeah, well, your journey sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there are there are and difficult times, enjoyable. but it is it is a very cool journey to be on. Well, yeah. a good friend listens to your adventures, Kaz. A best friend makes them with you. Yes, I'd I'd agree with that one. So, would you say Jason is your best friend? Yeah, we've had some amazing adventures and we've shared everything. So, we have a connection that no one can break. Um, I've made some amazing friends along the way as well, like our New Zealand training partners. Mm. Um, she's probably one of my best fen- friends and she's an amazing adventurer. So she um, definitely takes me outside my comfort zone there oh, too. <laughs> wow. That is so cool because actually Seth Godin said that, if it scares you, it might be a good thing to try. Yeah, I'm scared most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Is she someone who wants to take you bungee jumping and all that sort of stuff? <laughs> so you in a relationship? No, not at the moment. So um, is Jason? Yeah. So Jason's been with his um, girlfriend for seven years now. Wow. Yeah. So that's getting pretty serious. So she's going to come on the campaign trail with us this year and experience oh, um, a few of the venues and um, cook us dinner along the way. She said. So that's uh, her, that's her. And ticket. she's probably glad you're cousins because she spends so much time. Yeah. Together. Exactly. It does help. Um, <laughs> but I actually I got to know her really well um, last month. Um, and I didn't really know her. And we're, we're actually really similar. So I'm like, yeah, come. I like you better than Jason. So come on. <laughs> Girls night out. Yeah, exactly. That can be it's nice dangerous. to have some girls oh, around. Yeah. So. so, do you drink? Um, not really. Um, yeah, are you good at that? <laughs> no, I just, I just think it. if you so when you're an athlete, you normally not really. Like after the Olympics, we let go a little bit. But um, but the problem is when you're training so hard, I don't really see the point in drinking because it just takes you backwards. So yeah, yeah, I might drink three times a year on like celebrations, but I don't mm. really drink more. That's than good. That. Yeah, believe me. Yeah. That'd so, be good. Three yeah. times a year, Kat. You know, sometimes, We're not three yeah. times a night. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you've got to let your hair down, but when you're in training, I just... I just so did you at the um, after the Olympics at the ceremony in Rio? Um, not at the ceremony. We had like a celebration with family and friends after we won the medal, which was really cool. Um, and then when we got home, it was just to celebrate with everyone that yeah, didn't get to be there. And, and also it was hard. It was hard to kind of let your guard down and be like okay well yeah I can eat that cake and I can drink that glass of wine um for not feeling guilty about it so it took a while to you know ease into it but Christmas was fun this year because I was able to eat and eat and drink and be merry (laughs) (laughs) I can keep talking to you but we're out of time I wish you all the best I mean we just know you're going to be getting that goal she's already won it Oh, thank you so much. You've always got to be in the present. You've already won it. It's yours. Yeah. And I look forward to holding the gold one. Yeah. Which I reckon will be heavier. Yeah, and hopefully not scratched up. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps they might like to look at getting lanyards that are a little bit more durable. Yeah. I think Japan will be different. Japan Japan will be a different adventure and it will be so different to Rio, so it'll be very exciting. Exciting. Mm. Very. Okay. Well, our last song. It took me a while to figure out what it would be. And I just thought, just to get you in the mood, it's actually the theme song for the Olympic Games, which is music for sports. So thank Thank you you for being such an inspiring guest. Yes, Lisa, and all the best. Thanks Thanks so much for having me. We loved it. So much fun. Kaz, I'll check you out next week. You will. Bye, everybody. You have been listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz. Until next time, may your days be filled with love and gratitude. And remember, we'll see you in the mirror. Namaste. I bow to the divine in you.